What's up, everybody? Can you see us? Oh, well, you can, they can see me. Welcome to Hot Takes. So sorry for our delay. Uh, in true DIY fashion, everything decided to update 15 minutes ago. But but we're here, and we got a very special guest for tonight. Yes. A, a renowned uh, Vaporwave, Future Funk, and Lo-Fi house artist, Mr. J.D. Sinuti, formerly known as DJ iTunes. So, since you guys were patient with us, uh, we're going to make this really quick. Uh, welcome to uh, a talk show dedicated to independent electronic music hosted by myself, DJ Young Shiro, with my co-host, DJ and artist Skeleton Lipstick, yes. who will be on camera presently. We are uh, I got a little thing with this, the, uh, the video captures. Uh, just, just a quick run-through of what you can do, and then we're going to do some recs very quickly and a hot take and bring on our highly anticipated guest. Guys, if you feel the need to follow us on socials, hit that follow. Follow that Skelly with exclamation point Skelly. Follow me with exclamation point Shiro. What we couldn't show you is that we have a very special extra uh, playlist courtesy of Persona La Ave. So exclamation point Spotify will bring you to that very specially curated playlist. Exclamation point Donate will allow you to donate to the show if you feel the need and the desire and explanation point discord will allow you to join our discord server so with all that being said keep it kind keep it above the belt in chat and keep all your questions for the top of the hour we're going to start off tonight with a couple of recommendations courtesy of me i want to give a very special shout out to a uh witch house album that i was a little late for uh y'all remember salem of course. From the early 2010s, so they made some of the nastiest, most stomach-churning. They probably helped create Witch House. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, and, and because of that fact, after their first few EPs and full length, they kind of disappeared off the face of the earth, but they came back in 2020 with a new album called Fires in Heaven that is yeah, every bit album. as good. I'm, I'm so late to the game, but it's every bit as good as I wanted it to be. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. Just turning myself down a little bit. Um, highly recommended. If anyone's a fan, thanks for the link, Lux. I had that ready to go, but you beat me to it. What a queen. Uh, so any fans of stomach-churning, damn near nausea-inducing Witch House, check out Salem's new album, Fires in Heaven. Great album. My second Great. recommendation uh, is no Vaporwave this time. Sorry, guys. My second recommendation is a uh, an album that was released on Lobster Theremin. Otherwise known as, well, not otherwise, but often known for their left field and kind of raw house releases, often on vinyl only. Um, but this particular release has got a more of a cleaned up kind of deep house down tempo sound, a lot like the early 2010s, 2000s and 2010s uh, electronic artist Luzine. With a healthy dose of early 2010s pitch shifting vocals, um, kind of reminiscent of some of the Triangle Records type stuff. I want to recommend Root 8 and his album, Rewind the Days of Youth. Now, you can't find it on Bandcamp for whatever reason. Lobster Theremin took it down. So I'm going to link the next best thing, which is Apple Music. Uh, you'll forgive us as our displays are going nuts. Um, my last album for tonight, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Skelly after that, is probably something you've either already heard or would really like. It's a wave music album. It's not actually Ooh, an album. Right. It's an EP. And it's by um, one of my favorite artists from the scene, a one remnant.exe. 
Oh, I, I don't know it. I'm going to have to listen to it now. Oh, though. you'd love it. You'd oh, yeah. love it. It's it's a very, very slow buildup from, you know, very morose, high quality, polished, um, almost like polished witch house, like kind of EDM with, with okay. just very somber, solemn, kind of morose hip hop influences, but it builds to a sharp, very scuzzy, very abrasive climax. Uh, very short, very sweet, and very, very um, effective. A uh, release called Psychokinesis EP by Remnant.exe. Check it out if you like hip-hop, witch house, or EDM. And I'm going to cede Ooh. my time to Dr. Chris for our hot take for tonight. All right. Okay, well, we'll try and keep this quick because we're running a little bit behind. But, you know, I am just wondering that in the year 2023... As we keep moving forward with releases, are I mean how how important how much do we care about the cassette releases these days? Ooh. Is it? I remember in the early 2010s, it's a big deal. Was that is a hot one. Was collecting them as much. I just feel like these the cassette releases and the demand for them keeps going down every year, which is like kind of a sad thing to me. But I mean. Is it worth it now for artists to to do these cassette releases to really try and do them for every one of their albums, or should we be focusing more on digital and occasionally vinyl? Are the cassette releases really? Are the, is it worth it for labels to release as many cassettes as they used to at this point? I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. At the end of the day, it's at least still a cheap way to put out a physical or something. But I don't know. I was like, because like I don't know. I even contemplating my own next release. I'm like, well, how should I do this? Should I should I do the cassette release or should I just honestly maybe just do a vinyl and something like that? I'm not sure. So really, you know, are you buying as many cassettes as you used to? Do you care as much about it as you used to? Is it worth everybody having to do them all the time now, or should it only be reserved for uh, I don't know very special occasions with releases? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I do. I do notice that. Yeah, that's a tough. Seems like labels don't move cassettes the way they used to, and it feels like I don't know. Maybe we're moving into a time where, oh, you know, it's just not. It doesn't have the same appeal, which is like a thing I, I worry about a little bit because I, I do really love cassette tapes and I love collecting them, but I just don't know how much. You know, I'm, I don't know. Is this is do they still hold the same appeal that they did? That's a toughie. I mm. am definitely keen to know what the chat thinks about that because I don't collect physical media aside mm. from the uh, the odd CD every now and then, and you can laugh it up. But yep. as you know, I think that's the most punk rock medium. Mm. Maybe people like cassettes because they're a little more affordable than vinyl and easier to of store. Of course. I don't know. Um, but I know one person whose opinion I would like to hear on the matter. We've got, again, our acclaimed Mr. J.D. Sanuti, otherwise known as DJ iTunes currently operating under the name of will lane and we've got him just got back on cam just fixed our screen grabs and the man has unmuted himself already you missed the the hot take buddy but let me go ahead and take this screen saver down so everyone can say hello welcome to hot takes jd sanuti thank you happy to be here all right we're incredibly excited to have you here and i i got to tell you a little bit about why last night but we'll get into that what Skeleton Lipstick had mentioned um, before you had to dip out and kind of try to like fix the, the audio and video is that he had brought up that it seems like the demand for cassette tapes is waning. What are your thoughts on the matter? Do you feel like cassette tapes still are important as a physical medium? Um, I, I don't collect tapes. I was very into it in like... 
20, I don't know, maybe eight years ago or so. I yeah, thought it was like, really interesting. I thought yeah. it was you know, super cool and retro. And I liked that you could take whatever hi-fi or lo-fi music and make it even more lo-fi. It had kind of like a warm, fuzzy sound to it. Um, it's kind Very of cumbersome. It's, and if you're already making lo-fi music, I feel like maybe it degrades the sound a little too much. Um, I don't good know. Point. It's it's kind of it's kind of just annoying to me. I, I, <laughs> in this day and age, it's it, it's too much work. Yeah, so, I mean, I can make a lot of arguments for cassette tapes. I have in the past about how they are interesting, how they kind of breathe when you play them, how you can't pick where you start, you put it on, and you kind of have to follow that journey. I have a million you know arguments in favor of them. And they are interesting, and it is cool that they break down a little bit. But at the end of the day, I just don't know if there is as if people have the same demand for them anymore. And so, if that's true, then they'll do you know maybe artists have a little bit less pressure. Because the other thing is, they become a, a source of pressure for artists too. Like if my if my Good cassettes point. don't sell, I am not loved, I am not listened to. You know what I mean? So they become a source of stress for artists as well. You know what I mean? So I don't know. They're cool. They're very cool. That's right. True. But like, so, I don't know, maybe they are you... too cumbersome. Maybe they do degrade, maybe they do degrade the lo-fi too much. But even more important than that, maybe they are become a big source of stress for artists, you know, who are small and feel that they are not doing well if they don't sell out within a, a week or a month or, or, or even a year. Do you collect physical media at all, JD? Yeah, like records, anything like that. Um, I mean, I have maybe like, 25 vinyl records mm. um oh, and wow. i have like some old cds from high school i mean i i nice. not I, I wouldn't say i'm a collector in any way I, I do i do totally appreciate what y'all were saying about the experience of listening to something physical where you just kind of start it and yep. there's not like you know you're not you're not pressing skip or anything you're kind of there's no shuffle button. album yeah yeah, as like a very ADHD person myself, I mean, I think that's nice to be forced to listen to an album in context. Um, but I, I, I'm not a collector, no. Um, right. You've released a couple full lengths, um, but the scene that you're in kind of right now is very given to like very short releases, like EPs or just kind of like one-off like vinyls. Do you before we get into the, you know, just getting to know you part of the show, do you ever feel like that pressure to drop a full length and try to get it to sell out? It's a, it's a funny question. Cause I, I don't even really consider myself a part of any scene. I, I this is just like a, a for fun thing for me. So that's true. Um, I'm kind of putting you so there I, in my, my head cannon. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's, you know, I'm so flattered that you think that that's how I approach it. I, so no, I feel zero pressure to release anything. I think, I think, I think years ago I definitely did because I was really trying to um, not have a normal career and I was really trying to be a musician for many, many, many years professionally. And so, you know, I would just shit out music and just, you know, really tried to do the marketing and, and all that stuff. And I kind of just got tired of it. So I, I'm just, if I make a song, I put it out, whatever. And it's just for fun. I feel yeah, that. Yeah, it's probably a lot more healthy. Mm -hmm. Well, we want to get to know you, and we'll start this first hour. We're well into it already, um, but we'll start this first hour with some some get-to-know-you questions that the doctor has. All right. Okay, well, doctor to doctor now. So, <laughs> let's see. Um, 
Let me just ask you really quickly, though. Um, I don't know. When did you? Well, let me just let's just get to some basic stuff first, which is how long have you been making music for? Um. Oh man, probably since I was like fourteen, and I you were fourteen. My, my parents got a MacBook with GarageBand, and I'm thirty-one now. So I don't know. What is that? Fifteen, sixteen years? I can't do the math in my head. Yeah, that sounds garage right. Band? So GarageBand was the first time that you ever thought about making music. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was so easy. I could just like drag all these little loops into this grid and oh, I'm like, I made a song, even though I didn't yeah. really make anything. I just you never contemplated making music before that. I mean, I, I had learned to play guitar and stuff, but I never really, I never really, I, I guess I never really thought about writing my own stuff. I just wanted to play like Blink One Eighty Two covers. Nice, sick, <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> So, so you have GarageBand. You're playing with these loops. Um, what was the first kind of music? What were you making right away? What was the sort of, sort of stuff you were making? What were you influenced by? Oh man, back back then it was like I, I've been I've been in many many bands, and then the oh, hell yeah. me doing solo solo like electronic thing with, kind of came after. But um, wait wait wait, yeah, what kind of bands, wait 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 hold on stop. What kind of bands were you in? Yeah, first? I want to know you, about that. Too. I want to know what kind of bands you were in first. Hold on. <laughs> oh man, there's a, there's a whole there's a whole it's so um the first band that I was in it was mostly like playing covers and we like had written our own music which was really really crappy but we were trying to be a rip a rip off. Actually, most of the bands that were I was in were just like directly trying to rip off other bands, which maybe other bands do that too. But <laughs> who, who are you trying to that, rip off? That band we were trying to rip off this band called The Claxons. The Claxons. Like, oh wow! So we're in. Uh, there we go. We're into now. I see. We're in the uh, sort of like the uh, mid two thousand sort of like bloghouse, like uh, you know, electro sort of uh, you know, electro rock music. Yeah, that was like that was one of my big, I don't know, musical awakenings. Was like that era, new rave bloghouse. Um, I just feel like you know there was so much amazing interesting groundbreaking music and en en energetic music coming out at that time yeah. so i was really inspired dance by that punk for sure there, yeah a lot of oh, dance yeah. punk. it was interesting too because it was a lot of like those bands like the klaxons they would make something and then there would be some you know uh sort of like dirty electro artist who would remix the song whether that yeah be like, yeah that would happen uh, a lot like, like steve aoki would be like a bunch of like yuck sack like a bunch of yuck sack like remixes or something like that uh you know or, or like fake blood or Mastercraft, obviously, Justice, yeah, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that was, Sebastian. like, the whole thing that was interesting was that, like, yeah, you had those bands, and then they were getting remixed by, like, these, uh, you know, producers, which had, like, a rock energy to them. So that was a very, yeah, absolutely. You know, that sort of, like, um, dirty, dirty electro indie era. Yeah. Remind me at some point about the Mastercraft remix thing. I have a thing about that I'll, I'll mention, but... Mastercraft? Oh, no really? Shit. Oh, I want to know. Wait, 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 wait. Why do I have to remind? Wait, wait. Uh, yeah, just say wait, it now. Wait, wait, no, bring it back up in conversation. Well, no, they're, they're, I think I'm skipping ahead in the story, but there. Well, I can just fast forward, I guess. So there were multiple bands. This was all in high school, and towards the end of it, I was in two. I had like a solo project, and then this band, and the band went in one direction, and the solo project. Like I, I this was the time when Pitchfork. I don't know if they're still doing it. They did this thing back then called. 
I don't even remember what it was called. It was just something where they'd like find like a nobody artist. If they found something cool, they'd like throw it up on their website for the day. And what I, and what I put out at the time, I, I had made this song in an afternoon and I like basically ripped this music video from YouTube using like a shitty point and shoot camera to record it off of YouTube. And Hell then, yeah. and then people thought it was like, <clears throat> I don't know, cool indie lo-fi chill wave or whatever. And then, you know, I was like 17. I didn't even know like how to, how to deal with all or how to do any of this stuff. And then the single, I can't even remember. There was supposed to be some single with, um, what is the record label called? They're from Australia. Mastercraft was on them, New Young Pony Club. Keep forgetting the name of the label. Modular Records. Ah, okay. And so I was supposed to do a single with them. For some reason that didn't happen. I can't remember why, but. That's pretty impressive. In the process. I know, and I was 17, it was crazy. That's crazy. And oh yeah, bag raiders, of course. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, yeah, so oh cut copy, of course, on there as well. Yeah. Yeah, so that song I did ended up being on some like bag raiders like mix really mixtape or something. Yeah. Holy shit. And, but Wait, the, can we still find this today? Yeah, you can. <laughs> that's what I'm really? talking about. All right, wait, wait, all right, stop. Okay. Let's stop for a second. So you are 17 years old. You somehow find your way into this era where everybody's getting discovered off MySpace onto like right. the modular and modular records takes note of you and thinks you're a hot young talent and says, hey, come be on the same label as like the presets and shit. Yeah, and, wow. I, and I was like, That's crazy. I just was, I was like shitting my pants, but also it also set the bar like way too high for my I was literally just music. about to say that. I'm like, that like, is God actually damn. tough to deal with as like a young person who just got into producing be like, oh my God, like this like incredibly like hip record label that's like very of, of the, you know, it's like very hot right now is like telling me I've got like a future in the business. How do you, that's, yeah. that's, that's actually very, almost intimidating. Well, and, and I was very conflicted too. And this is maybe is too much for all this, but and I was very conflicted because I was in another band at the time too, and we were all trying to do something else. So like, I had to pick one or the other, and obviously, oh I my gosh, the band right. over that. So I kind of screwed that over. But Ooh, anyways, which one did you pick? Anyways, wait, 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 wait. Well, so I just want to really quick. I want you to continue the story, but I'm just kind of want to get a little brief idea of like what your <laughs> what your level, your skill level of producing was at this era. Were you on? You, did you just use GarageBand right now? Then it was literally just GarageBand. So you just did shit on GarageBand and got attention from Modular Records. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. But that, but that was like it was like par for the course back then because like even that what was that band like Tennis back in the day? I think made all yeah their yeah shit Tennis on is still playing shows. Everybody used to say they all made all their shit on GarageBand. Even Justice claimed that Cross was like made on GarageBand, which I sincerely doubt. Person. Oh yeah, but like, I, yeah. I'm yeah, sure Apple paid them to say that. I don't know, man. I think people like to say that a lot, but you actually did it. You're actually confirmed to have done it. So, but um, but it sounded it sounded it actually was a big flex back in the mid 2000s when we just did this on GarageBand. That was a flex. But I don't know if I believe everybody who said that. <laughs> However, you sir actually did it. You talked the talk and walked the walk. So you just used GarageBand to make this this remix, correct? Uh, well, it was it was an original song. The original, the original. I'm sorry to make the original. We're gonna get to the remix. Yeah. You, oh just no, new... but this is this is. I mean, this is like all leading up to like a really stupid ending. But <laughs> I, in part of this, they're like, oh, we want someone to re like to remix your song. Yeah. And they gave me a list of artists, and and I was like, can we get Mastercraft to remix it? And they're like, no, that's too expensive. 
Yeah. Aww. And so, and I think one of the options at the time was Toro Imoi, and I think he was like very new at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's and a badass have, remix artist. He too. would not have even come out with causers of this until 2010, I think. Right. So this is like maybe right That's before correct. that. This was yeah maybe like 2010 or 2009 or something. Yeah. Um, and no, and then and then this guy, um, Coma Cinema. I don't even think he still makes music anymore. He he did the remix. Um, but yeah, anyways, that I just was like, oh, that's crazy that there was the opportunity to like potentially have Mastercraft like remix this dumb song that I made. But I don't know how we got on that tangent. But um, so can I find yeah. the song though? Still, sure. Yeah. What's what was your what was your moniker at the time? I like switched it up because I was like trying to combine that band I was in with this side project, so it ended oh. up changing. But... Yeah, because you had to pick one or the other. That's right. <laughs> so it's called Sleep Tight, and I buy the band called The Young Friends, which is this band I was in back in the, the day. The Young Friends. Yeah, you're gonna find a lot of like cringy indie pop that I did. Nice. A very great. long time ago. That's but yeah, but yeah. So so yeah, the, I mean I I for the longest time was making like guitar based music and playing in bands and stuff. And, um, it's, it's a lot of work and it's, and it's a really difficult dynamic. I mean, because I also am like a control freak when it comes to making music. And so I would always write all the music and have everybody play all the parts, but then, you know, rightfully so one member would like want to have some creative input. And I would like, wasn't into that. <laughs> so yeah, it ended damn. up just being, it ended up, you know, I could, I could really, really control the way the music sounds when I did it by myself, which sounds kind of selfish, but it's like art. No, that's so why like, I got into producing That's too. how Calm Trues is. That's why I got into it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can like kind of fully, fully realize the idea in your head when you're the only one doing it. So for sure, for sure. That's facts. So, so how did you learn to produce? Like, what did you do? Did you, did you like, I don't know. Did you buy, buy books? Did you, how did you learn to actually start producing the kind of music you wanted to hear? Did you just listen very closely and try to emulate it? Did you read some things? what did you do? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was just listening and trying to emulate the sounds. Like, honestly, I would have still probably used GarageBand and like made it work had it not been for one of my good friends who also made vaporwave music back in the day goes by ID Chief. I don't know if that. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah, have some collabs. ID, absolutely, I have a bunch of his, I have a bunch of those songs. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He he was also in that band, The Young Friends, with me. But no oh, shit, really? uh, ID Chief has got shit. some good shit. Yeah, yeah. No, he he. No, he I like, like ID Chief. I remember there. Isaac once time sent me like a little like playlist of music to do at Terminally Chill. I know ID Chief was on there, so yeah. Oh well, if, if you want him to be on this podcast, I'm sure he'd love to do it. Oh man, yeah, ID Wait. Chief is fire. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, what was I saying? You were saying that you were um, you liked to make how you learned to make the music yourself. Oh yeah, like, garage band. Then your friend introduced you to. Oh yeah, because I'm I'm not like tech savvy at all. Um, Same. So he was like, you got you gotta you gotta get Ableton. You gotta learn how to do it. It's like gonna yeah. be way better. And I was like, oh, I don't want to learn a new program. I'm already like GarageBand master. And so I finally learned it and I was like, oh, okay, this is way, way better. I'm so glad I figured this out. And then from there, I kind of just like, like to, I did it as I went. I mean, even every album I made it listening back, I'm like, damn, like I kind of like fucked up the mixing here. And I like did not know what I was doing with like mastering. And mm -hmm. I mean, all I knew I was like, 
if I just put a bunch of multiband compression on everything, it makes it sound like old school and vaporwave. So that was kind right. of like the gist. So how'd you learn about synthesis then? Obviously, did you just like um, kind of play around with it? Did you read any things about how to, you know, sine waves and such? Like, what did you do for that? Oh man, I don't know. I just, I mean, I pick like presets and, and, and twiddle the knobs and, and Ableton until it works. Nice. But, but that was initially, and then after that, I you pretty much only ever use. Oh, what's that? You sort of felt your way through it, basically. Yeah, just like what what sounds good. Mm. Um, and I mean, I knew I understood the concepts of like attack to case, sustain, release, whatever. Yeah. To kind of like articulate the sound, but. Um, Pretty much the only thing I use these days is just like the sampler thing in Ableton. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll just find literally any sound like a ooh, and just take that. You can if you as long as you have like something that's like noted, you can turn it into pretty much anything. Like I've made a lot of the songs with just like an ooh, like pitch really? down to be to be bass, and then like turned into pads, and then like percussive elements. Really, um, that's very interesting. That that's what your main. Um... Your main tool is. I, you you use a lot of sounds that I've never heard in other songs, especially on the two well, business that's, that's casual a that's a... house albums. Like, ah, oh, it's good. The sound font or whatever it's called professionally is just incredibly addictive. That's great. Oh, well, thank you. Interesting. So that's interesting that, you know, I think that's like a really great technique is to really focus on using the sampler because then you do get very unique sounds. And I don't think enough people probably do focus on using that that, that particular uh, device. Yeah, I mean, it's just like breaking down sounds into like a really raw starting point and then kind of, I don't know, modulating it from there. Mm -hmm. or, do you know, know much about working with keyboards or pianos prior to uh, producing or no? Um, I mean, I, I understand like, you know, the 12 notes being laid out in a particular way with like the sharps being black, but yeah, that's about um, all I knew too. Yeah. Like I couldn't tell you, like, I don't know what's in a particular chord. I just, I just do what same. sounds good. <laughs> ah, same, sir. Same. I have never Not known a music any theory guy, played. eh? No, I think, I think that's a waste of time. I think that, I think <laughs> my, my, my hot take for the hot take podcast is that music theory hinders creativity. Oh damn! Yeah, I don't know. I don't know any. I actually refuse to learn the chords. Uh, <laughs> like, damn! Like, no, no, no. I know these things play well. I can play guitar, as you probably, as you can as well. Like I know the chords on guitar, but like I don't know them on the piano. Doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I think it's more important to learn how to make a song than it is to really to understand like the chords. It's good. It's good to understand how songs work more than anything else. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, so then, what were your big musical? Okay, so your big musical influences obviously were the sort of mid two thousands, um, dance, punk, electro sort of bands and DJs and producers. And, and was that your first like big influence in what music you were making? So then, what caused um, this shift? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe when I was like, I don't know. 15, 16, that, that was that was definitely the vibe. And then um, what, what changed it? What, what was another artist that you started listening to that opened up some other ideas to you? Um, well, I mean, I guess, I guess the shift from, like, guitar-based music into electronic or, or vaporwave or whatever was, like, 
supposedly after Vaporwave had died. I think this was like 2013 or something, and I like discovered it for the first time, and I was like, this is fucking genius, and it's like, to me, I was like, this is what punk music is in 2013, is Vaporwave. Like, this, Hell this yeah. to me, like, well, embodies... Couldn't have it said embodies, it better. It embodies, like, the philo- like, not the sonic sound of, like, punk music, but it, like, I feel like it embodies, like, the attitude and the... I don't know. The energy... The it's a working-class genre of music. Simplicity of it, too, the way that it goes. I mean, we said this song... I mean, I think we've said this quote to death at this point, but... You know, you pick up guitar, punch out three chords on it, and you got your punk song, pick up a song, break down the sample, you got your echo jam, you know, really can involve everybody, right? Totally. And it's um, it's also, like, highly contextual and, like, yeah. understanding what it, what it represents in a given time period. And there's also something very punk in the, um, like, the transgressiveness of, like, using unlicensed samples and just, like... I'm just going to take oh, a whole yeah. fucking song and just call it my own and like pitch it down. Yeah. Even though everyone's like, that's like so anti-music, so anti-musician. I'm like, that's kind of like part of the reason it's cool. I don't know. But, like, yeah. Maybe that's my uh, idea. Very, very situationist sort of concept, right? Very like, take the art and vandalize it and present it as your own art. Very guy to bard. Yeah, and Everyone it's also has a like, different way of doing it, too. Like, you do a lot of chopping and looping. Some people you know, just kind of slow it down or, you know, maybe they don't use a beat grid. Mm-hmm. So then was there a particular artist that you liked that kind of introduced this to you? What was the first one that you discovered? Um, I don't even remember. What's one um, of that then? Um, I mean, obviously Macintosh Plus, but that's maybe that's a little too obvious. No, that's fine. That's that's great. I should I should I should have like refreshed my vaporwave knowledge before this. Um, It'll come know. to you later, and you'll be like, "Damn it, I got a tweet about this now." Was there anybody <laughs> who you started talking to that became like a peer, an early peer in the in this in the internet world? Oh yeah, actually. Um, so at the time, I guess vaporwave had kind of like segued into this like future funk thing. And mm-hmm. so, oh yeah, me and me and my buddy uh, ID Chief were really involved in this. Like, I don't even know if it still exists. This YouTube channel called Artsy Music. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, Artsy Music. Well, I mean, I think it's down now, but like, I remember when it went down. But yeah, that was, yeah, for sure, huge, huge back in the day, right? You could, you know, I, people would check it all the time for yeah, the updates and Freddie and uh, clips, Breeze, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, a lot of the artists on there, you know, we had, like, a little Facebook group, and we'd, like, collaborate and stuff, and, um, so I mean, like, what were those groups, like, Thoughts, and Tanuki, and, um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah like, Eridus, and all those guys, Fiber. Yeah, 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 Fiber, right. Um, and, and I didn't, I don't even think I, the only person I ever, like, collaborated with was ID Chief, because I don't really like collaborating. Um, he did a lot more. Oh, wow. that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys did that Lilo flip, that good girl song. Um, did we? What, yeah, which one it's got a guy at the beginning that says West Side. I'm like 99% sure that was you guys. I'll, I'll link you later. Um, Matter of fact, okay. I'm sure Lux or Naoko could search JD Sanudi West Side. I know that's the one. 
Huh. Anyways, Is moving it? along. Okay. So, um, all right. So then you start kind of developing your technical skills, I guess, a little bit at this point with the production. Is that correct? Would, I, would, it, would you say that? I mean, like, um, trial and error. I mean, I, I still to this day am, like, figuring it out. Um, I think I think I get better with every everything I do, and I I like look up little tricks in here and there on YouTube, and I mean I follow some people on Instagram that are like, oh, you should do this if you want to get this, and like recently I learned about this like Corpus plugin for the for Ableton, like or if you put it on just a little bit on the setting called tight, was it called tight kick? Okay. At the very end on your master chain, it like fattens up the kick and just like Ooh. I don't know. You know, that's crazy. I am always, like, finding a small thing. And it's tough when you find that small thing, and you're like, fuck, I wish I used that for so many other songs. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like, well, it's, it's done. It's, it's over. Yeah, it's so. Done. so let me write that. Let me, let me commit that one to memory. Corpus tight kick? Yeah, if you put it on, like, 5%, the very end of your master chain, like, before a limiter. Yeah. Very, very nice. Wow. All right. That's that's interesting. <laughs> So, um, okay, so you feel like you're starting to get a little bit more traction, you work with some people, but wh when did you finally decide, okay, I'm going to try and reach out and see if I can get something released? Like, who did you reach out to first? Um, I guess the first, like, oh, uh, it's, it's, I guess the first album I did as, as DJ iTunes was like, to me, it just felt like such non-music. It was like, I mean, I guess it was Vaporwave, but it was like like these random demos that I had made that I just slowed down and tried to make them more lo-fi. There was one in particular that I think was like kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think I even reached out to anybody. I think I just put it on Bandcamp and was like, here's my Vaporwave album. <laughs> um, yeah. And then after that, I mean, this was, this was like 10 years ago. I'm trying to even remember. Yeah. Um, did it have fruit on the cover? Uh, yeah, I was really into like putting like dot PNGs of like random fruit on everything. Mm -hmm. But this yeah, is before that, that album that. I, yeah, yeah, this is before I, I like had that album called Rendered Fruit. But um, yeah, I don't think I had reached out to anybody really. I know Business Casual was like. Uh, in, in in my circle at that point. So that's how I ended up getting rendered fruit on there. No, really? Um, but yeah, and, the, and that was like my first attempt at like really like taking my time and kind of chopping up the samples. Because before that, it was a lot of just like, um, actually that was the point when I started to use Ableton. Oh, um, really? Everything, yeah, everything before rendered fruit was GarageBand. And it was like, I was like, you, you can't really do any, any side chaining in GarageBand. So I was doing it like all this kind of backwards way. And you do like the um, auto filter and put it on like one quarter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what <laughs> I, <remember. laughs> I noticed was, you used a lot more like effects starting with that album too. It made it sound so punchy. Yeah. I mean, that was also when I discovered um, the OTT. OTT preset on multi. Oh yeah, the multiband compressor OTT preset. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it just makes everything spicy and sizzly. Oh yeah, yeah, everything hits. Yeah, and I always like. I always imagine you made the album and then you like DJed it back for yourself and like recorded that. It just sounds. It sounds like that. It's just super punchy. 
Oh, yeah, thanks. I, I think that one turned out pretty nice. The, ironically, the one that, that came after that called, um, uh, Composite, I think was the, the one after that. That one, like, has zero punch at all, because that was when I was like, oh, if I want to make things louder, that means I have to take away some of the bass. And then I took away too much of the bass, and that album has, like, zero punch. If you listen to I, it, it's like, I don't, know what, really I don't know what it sounds like on... Really? I think that I album get... absolutely fucks. It's like oh, a 10 great. out of 10 album I, for me. I mean, I think... Are you, are you talking about the one with the, the white cover of, like, A Path Up a Mountain? Or the one with, like, a... Oh, no. Okay. Oh, yeah, talking... I forgot about that one. Sorry, I skipped that one. That one was called Apex Report. That's right. Um, that one also doesn't have a lot of bass in it either. <laughs> but, but yeah. It's so interesting how, like, making music in general is such a trial and error sort of thing. And you're just like, man. And you know, particularly if you're someone like you, I think it's, like, very, a little bit hypercritical and hypercontrolling. Like, yeah, it's no, hard no shit, right? Go back to something you released and not try and think, like, I just want to go back in there and just fix one more thing on it. Like, like when I listen oh to God. it, I don't think, oh, there's not enough low end. I just think, man, oh, yeah, this I have is a terrible, amazing. terrible trouble listening to my music and not thinking, well, if I, I could go back there now and do this, this would actually make it better. I guess that's the problem of like listening to your own music is like you can hear the difference of like what it was meant to be and what it actually turned out to be, whereas everybody else just hears it for what it is. You know, a really interesting quote right there, which is that when you go back to listen to your music, you can hear what it could be, or what it could, what your idea of it could have been, and nobody else knows that except for you. So it's just like, oh, I listen to so much music, and I'm like, there's no way I'm never as critical on that as I am on my own stuff because you're right. I only have a concept of what it is, not all the ideas of what it was going to be or could have been. Yeah, that's a really good point. With any, any particular artist that you would like try and listen to when you would make albums, be like, that's an artist who like I'm thinking a lot about, and I kind of want to sound like that. Is there, like anything that you, like you'd surround yourself with a certain kind of music before you would start writing, anything like that? Um, yeah, for for rendered fruit, I don't even really remember what I was listening to at the time or what the influence was for that. Um. Uh, yeah, I just was trying to make like whatever bonkers shit I could with Ableton. That was more of like me experimenting with Ableton and just seeing like what I can do with samples because I thought that was so incredible that you could like warp these samples and also chop them up into such small pieces and play them in sequence without that like little click happening in between each yeah. um, each piece, which you would get in GarageBand and it would be really annoying. But yeah. for for the second album called Apex Report. It was pretty much inspired by like one song. So that guy Heathered Pearls who actually Yeah. This is, a, this is a, I had actually I've known Jacob for a long time. He actually was had ran a different label which had initially signed that band I was in while I was in high school. So we kind of oh, had no this like way. Long, you guys go way yeah. back. It's like pre ghost well no that's post ghostly but like kind of same general time frame. Yeah, he was working for Ghostly at the time, and also had his own off. He added another label at the time called Mood Gadget, which he, is no he was. Oh, thing, that's right. But... He ran Mood Gadget, and he wrote for Tycho's blog. Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah, he was on yeah. ISO fifty at the time. Yeah, that's so crazy. You know about that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, um, you know, it, it's one of those. So Jacob had finally written some music, and I think it's so cool when you see people who are very, very into music, and then they finally like 
kind of express themselves musically. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I thought for being a person who has no musical background, just like a professional listener, I was like, this is this is an incredible album. That body, bo- the album Body Complex by Heather. Oh, Girl, it's the one that's one white, of- right? And it's got like a. I love that album so much. It's got such a beautiful like proto like lo-fi house, left field house type feel to it. Very it's good. So very beautiful. Good album. It really is. That's one man. of the ones I have on on vinyl. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's fucking fantastic. But yeah, that was the vibe I was going for with that album. I was like, this is really nice. I really like this kind of like, I don't know. And I was also like, this is the kind of perfect music for driving around late at night going really fast like this. And so I was like trying to Ooh, channel okay. this like interesting car, you know, car thing, like Japanese Wangan, you know, toge type stuff. You've kind of brought that back with the Will Lane thing. At least yeah, with that new yeah. sweet opera track, it's got the the album artist like the car doing the slide. Yeah, at least exactly. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, doing the doing the drift. The drift. <laughs> that's right. That's incidentally a very like perfect like car commercial track. At least luxury lead, and I thought so. Mm-hmm. She actually cut it oh, to a. Thanks. She she took that song and like cut it to a Kia commercial. We'll have to send it to you. <laughs> it's it works so well. You wouldn't believe it. Oh, yeah, they linked that, Body yeah, Complex. Definitely check out Body Complex, y'all. It's a phenomenal album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was the main inspiration for that second album. And then the third one, Composite, which, <clears throat> I mean, you'll probably rec- like recognize all of the references in there. It's, it was when I was in dental school, because I'm, I'm a dentist, and... I had four weeks to study for boards, and I was like, I don't need four weeks. I'm going to take two weeks. Oh, my and, God. You're doing this and writing a board? Jesus Christ. I, yeah, Unreal. I wrote, I wrote that album in two weeks during what? when I was supposed to study for boards. And I just, like, that was, like, my job. I was like, I'm going to wake up every day and just spend all day. Before the like, NBDE. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Luckily, I passed, so thank God. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking about. But I was also trying, I was like, I've been doing, I've been like in all these projects for so long and every single project I went into it thinking, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be the one that's going to like allow me to not have to do my, whatever I'm supposed to, like whatever my like career is going to be. And then it just, you know, so the career ended up was like the plan B, but now I'm a, a professional and whatever I, in healthcare. So the nice thing about being a professional in that is that you can do the music on your terms. You don't have to depend on it, you know? Totally, which is, which I tried to do that. This is, I'm skipping all over, but I, I tried to do that when I was in that band after high school and I didn't go to college initially. I was like, I'm going to try this like music thing. Oh, really? Like, you took a year off. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I learned a lot and I failed miserably. And I was like, I don't even, if I have to rely on this to like, just sustain myself and I, I couldn't even afford my like shitty room in the shitty apartment and i was like working full-time at urban outfitters folding t-shirts and i was like i don't Damn. even have time to make the music and even when i am making it it just feels too stressed like i don't uh, yeah so i know there's a lot of people who who do it professionally and, and good for them that's amazing i just wasn't able to figure out the balance it's a lot of stress to do it as your full-time you know people say Oh my god, it's very stressful to have like such a professional career like you or I have, and then it's like, well, I don't know, I think it's very stressful to actually just focus on the music. 
yeah it's it's not it's not a clear-cut path you know mm. when you're like a dentist for example there's like a lot of steps as long as you just jump through all these hoops you're there mm. and you show up to work and you get your paycheck and, and whatever mm. um and music there's no there's no clear-cut path and it all depends on like the ebb and time you know long it's gonna last either oh dude everything changes yeah. constantly i mean people are freaking out about band camp youtube like at least with there will always be people who chip a tooth on a stake, you know, or fall off a motorcycle and need their face stitched up. It's true. It's not as glamorous as being a, a you know a musician, but it's 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 cool. But you, but you still be a musician. So okay. So now um, yeah, true. So you so okay. Um, you you in professional school. You're do you're still working. Um, on this music, do your peers know that you make music when you're when you're in school? Do they know that you? This is another thing you do. Uh, yeah, my friends, no. Yeah, I just know that I understand. I understand dance schools a lot, lot, not too many other musicians in there usually. No, no, and <laughs> and when, yeah, when, and, when, and when people get to know me a little bit more, and I kind of explain like, you know, what I had done previously, you know. People are always kind of shocked, but um, I don't really talk about it a whole, a whole lot anymore. So it's like kind of interesting to bring all this stuff back up. So yeah, no, absolutely. So do you ever, ever did you ever consider doing live performances? Um, I did one like I, I actually just recently learned like the concept of DJing, and I bought like a little like Pioneer DJ. Buy a little DDJ. Yeah. Yeah, nice. so I, I've like figured that part out, but I did one like DJ set at this house show in Tempe, Arizona, like many years ago, and I was like, I don't really know what I'm supposed. To, I don't. I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to like perform my own how my own like music. Mm-hmm. So I just like pretty much mixed the songs together beforehand, and then just like fiddled some knobs and like there's like a filter and like reverb and distortion. And, and I was like, this is kind of fun, I guess. But you start somewhere, you know, yeah. Did you have fun? <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Would you do it again? Sure, sure. You should. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Just saying, we got some people in the desert southwest I could hook you up with. Yeah, okay. Oh, are, you live in you live in Phoenix, is that right? No, I used to be in Vegas, but I know hella people in Phoenix. Okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm over in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, we're, we're all four corners pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm up in Kentucky now, so oh well. Okay. How, how often do you work on music now? Honestly, these days I haven't. I haven't. I don't think I've worked. Uh, actually, just this past weekend I was working on some music, but it's tough. Nowadays it's. Yeah, it's. it's and tough. also, like, I feel like that grind of. I mean, I, I, I. At one point, I like put together like all of the songs I've made over the years, and it was like a few hundred. And I was like, "This is just this grind of like, like making all this music with this intent. Like, oh, this is like supposed to lead somewhere." And then I kind of just got burnt out on it. I'm like, I, it used it used to be this thing I would just go to like, and any 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 of my free time, I'd go ra- go in and just like fuck around in Ableton. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I don't. I haven't like put a song out in over a year and I'm, I'm kind of like okay with it because it's i've got i haven't gone this long without making music in my entire life 
So I felt yeah, like so it kind of just yeah. got a little burnt out on it. That's like the tough thing about like making music too, is that like you do get into this like sort of like world of like obligation. And you're like, if you're not doing it, you're like, oh my God, am I like failing myself in some way? And it's like, it's hard to get yourself out of that mindset and be like, no, I'm not, I'm fine. I'm allowed to do this when I want to. I'm allowed to not do it when I don't want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally, I mean, you might just totally. bang out an album in two weeks. Well, see, that's how I operate. Stranger it's things like, have happened. Just, you know, if I got the two weeks and I'll do it, like I like to, I'm like an, like an all or nothing kind of person. So I just spit it all out in two weeks. <laughs> I mean, that's the nice thing about the way that music is organized these days. And if, particularly if you're a producer, is that like, you'll never, you'll never, you, you can always do it again. You know what I mean? It's not like you gotta, you gotta get the band back together. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you do a lot of like kind of um, lo-fi house sort of music and what kind of got you into doing that style? Um, I, I like that it, I just like the, the, like the lounginess of it. I felt like it felt, it felt luxurious. It felt like expensive. Whereas I feel like, um, I don't know, like there's something kind of like elegant about it while yeah. also being That's kind of like very dirty. interesting. Very interesting I, way of describing it. Yeah, it, I agree. Yeah, very much so. I feel like it's super vibey, like very emphatic on the, like I said, uh, the, like the sound font, you know, like that sound, those sounds matter and the effects you use, they like tick, they tickle your brain a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's yeah, got that like... four on the floor, you can kind of ignore the beat and focus on the texture. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Or just dance, and you there's know? Some, there's something nice about the repetition and like the minimalism of it and having like a really quiet, like high frequency tape hiss above everything, kind of just like really... I don't know, filters out the background noise or something. There's just something about all of it that I'm like, oh, this is really nice. And I also hadn't ever made that kind of music before. And being like a cocky musician, I was like, wow, oh, like if like if they can do that, I can do that. Yeah, so yeah, that right. was like my that was like my challenge. I'm like, I can do four on the floor and like put some pads over this. And but it's hard. It's harder to make it sound good than you might think. Because I was like, I this I, I would make so many of these like basic four on the floor or whatever and i'm like this like doesn't sound good so yeah that, i guess it, was the challenge is like making it sound nice that's kind of the interesting thing about when you try to simplify things it's sure you are simplifying things without that means that every component has to be very strong uh, totally totally yes right and, and i i think that you're really good at writing melodies or like hooks you know and you have you have a unique sound a lot of the, the the pads that you used are just very unique never heard them anywhere else that's a sampler yeah well there was actually one thing that because i remember someone was saying uh, somewhere maybe some youtube comment on one of my songs and saying like what like what synth did you use and i remember actually there was another one that i used a lot which was like a fake yamaha dx7 like plug-in okay so if, yeah. if, so if you hear like a lot of those kind of like dinky doinky sounds it's a fake yamaha DX. oh man is yeah. is that what that bass line in the very first track of composite is get up is that bass line that that oh yeah in? because well, every time mixture, i show that mixture, yeah. every time i show that to someone and that bass line kicks in they're like what is this I like in a good way of, yeah. yeah that's a real ear catcher yeah that's that's like just a dx7 like piano on top of uh i think it's just the analog like sawtooth bass plugin 
Really? We're able to. Dinky but yeah, they're just like stacked. Dinky doinky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get in one more question, uh, Chris, before we do the, the little halftime part? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I do. What is there any kind of style of music that you want to try making or any kind of like artist that you want to try? Like, I want to try something a little bit like that, too, that you haven't done yet. Like any, any type, or any type of even kind of mood that you want to add into your music that you feel like you haven't explored yet. Totally. I I hate singing and I hate like recording vocals, but I've, I've done it before many times. Mm-hmm. But I really, I, like I've never had an auto tuner plug in. I'm like, oh, I think it'd be cool to make some like, I don't know, stupid auto tuner rap. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a, the, so- there's a song, there's a song called reality surf by blade that i was like this song is nuts it's so short yeah it's so punk there's no kick drum there's barely a bass line there's just something so weird about it and i was like this is an amazing song and an amazing vibe i want to make i want to make something that sounds like that dude i swear hyper pop is like the new pop punk (laughs) i think hyper pop is the new pop punk Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, fellas, we're gonna go and run a quick four-minute uh, intermission. Uh, go grab a drink, take a piss, or stick around because Will Wade from iClick has got some recommendations and a hot take. We'll see you in four. And what we're muted. I'm gonna take a piss and grab a beer. Four minutes, Will fifteen seconds. From iClick, otherwise known as the I in iClick. That's facts. Today I'm going to show I'm you not muted. some albums I love and give you a hot take. I was told to do three albums, but I'm going to do four because I want to do two tapes and two records. Start off with a tape. Farah Abraham, My Teenage Dream Ended. The... 16 and Pregnant star made an album about her experience, also a book, and uh, this album is wonderful, what can I say? It's got classics such as After Prom, Without This Ring, Liar Liar, you know? If you haven't heard this, it's a must listen to. So there's number one. Now I'll do a record. Here's a record. Aqua Temple by New Mexican Stargazers. Um, I believe this might still be for sale. I'm not for sure, but it's got two tracks, side A, side B. Perfect ambience, perfect, you know, kind of Ferraro-y sound. You gotta check this one out. Ooh. Okay. Now I'll do another tape. Here's a Vaporwave album. Mirage. From Vice 98. I don't know uh, how to say most of this. But this is uh, on the old... Vaporwave label Vice 98, one of the best um, classic Vaporwave albums, in my opinion. Very underrated. Uh, I would check it out. Go to the Vice 98 Bandcamp page and definitely listen to this one if you have never heard it. 
because I feel like a lot of Vaporwave people have not heard this album, and it's like, I don't know, this is kind of an album when I first got into Vaporwave that, you know, made me realize that I could make it, and uh, I don't know, it's got a lot of stuff that I like about Vaporwave, um, where like short songs and super hypnagogic, sample-based only, that's my kind of stuff. Last but not least, one of the best albums of all time, Soft Machine 3rd. Their third album, their last album with any vocals on it, even though there's only vocals on one song. Look at these blokes. If you like progressive rock, if you like jazz, this is very jazz. This is when they started to go really jazz. Um, four tracks. Last track is my favorite. Um, but every track is incredible. Some, uh, what is it? Um, yeah, just some classic prog rock, jazz, fusion stuff. This stuff puts Mahavishnu to shame. Okay, now here's a hot take. For a genre such as Vaporwave that claims to be somewhat of a critique on capitalism. Vaporwave fans like to spend a lot of time around the merch table. Do with that what you will. My name's Will, and uh, this is Hot Takes. We're back and, on. Uh, Welcome back, yeah, everybody. So sorry to interrupt. Sorry, a question. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm yeah, so dude, sorry. We should, for, we should uh, stay in contact. We should link up for like a CE course. And uh, yeah, we can do yeah. that. Yeah, dude. That'd be super cool. Yeah. yeah Shout fun. out Will Wade. Thank you so much for the Rex and the take. Uh, he, right he said, um, uh, since you know you didn't get to catch it, he said for, uh, for Vaporwave being a very anti-capitalist genre of music, you catch a lot of people around the merch table at shows, just saying. Pretty good. <laughs> Snark. Um, guys, we are in the second half of our broadcast. A little late, but because we got started late, we're still ending at the top of the hour. I want to open up the floor to everybody's questions for J.D. Sanuti. But before I ask my first ripper, I just want to remind everybody that this broadcast was made possible with the help of Indie Advent. Shout out Indie Advent. You Hello, Indie Advent. And Tiger Blood Tapes. Follow and subscribe, please. All right, J.D. Sanuti, um, before we get our audience questions rolling, I'd like to know, are you a full album person or do you like the shuffle button? Mm, I think I want to be a full album person, but the reality is, is I'm a shuffle person. And I'm also like, Same. I'll listen to five seconds of a song if I'm not hooked in the first five seconds next wow that explains why you write such good hooks i have to listen to every song like twice to give it a fair shake and boy have i listened to some riffraff in my day what about like your favorite albums the ones you have on vinyl will you will you listen to those every once in a while start to finish oh hell yeah hell yeah yeah like body complex i've got um, unfortunately, that I, Tycho's, I think the album's called Dive? Ride? 
hours. A dive sounds about right, or at least it's got dive on it. Whatever that album's called, I have that, but it's like two vinyls, so it's kind of annoying to listen to it start yeah, to finish. Yeah, it's a long one. Like swap out the vinyls. Um, I'm a bit of a Pastis Prologue fan myself. Yeah, that one's that one's great too. Actually, I, I want that on vinyl. I would love to listen to that. That album's absolute fire. I think he, yeah, re- I think it was originally Sunrise Projector, and then he like re-released it with more material. We're getting some guest questions. Our first question is from Christ, uh, the owner of Business Casual, as you know. Uh, would oh, like to know hey. if it is. Yeah, Christ is in the building. Would like to know if you made your album. If it's true that you made your album artwork in PowerPoint. <laughs> he. <laughs> I can't believe he remembers that. Yeah, dude, I made it in PowerPoint. I'm t- like, I, I, I'm basic. You're I, shitting me. Both of them. Or I, like- I, I, all of it no well actually one of them there was like a, a guy the one for apex report there was a guy who made it um yeah it's i remember him asking he's like can you send this as like a larger file because it's like a, just some basic thing in powerpoint i was like struggling to figure out how to make it bigger and to make it a, like a more professional thing like i have no idea how to use photoshop so that's yes bro i'm barely fluent myself looks like uh mr hustine in chat also uses powerpoint for album artwork and luxury elite it's uses good microsoft paint hell that's yeah that's sick that's that's vaporwave that's, that's vaporwave as fuck i've I, I, I don't want to say i've watched her do it but i kind of have and it is pretty sick um i love that strip silence has a fan favorite question thank you strip for posing this question what order of importance would you rank the following three things in a project album art track names and music Ooh, that's a great question i think i mean obviously like the music is really the most important thing but yep if you have like amazing album art that to me personally like that's going to get me to want to even listen to it in the first place for sure i think i think to me Album art also gives the music context. I think album art's incredibly important, um, and it and it can and my ADHD music perception can really like color the way that you listen to it. So I think obviously the music's the most important, but I think very close second the album art. The song names couldn't care less. Right, I can see how that could be important at times, but I'm kind of with you on that. What uh, what terms are muted on your Twitter? Or social media platform of choice. Oh man, what does that even mean? What? Do you use oh, social- what terms? Yes, like what do you not want to see I... on social media? Um. Oh man, I don't know. I don't want to see anything. <sighs> I don't want to see anything like conservative i don't know <laughs> that's that's with pretty much that. nothing i don't want to see what is your favorite youtube video oh man there's so many there's i think the video that i've laughed the hardest to for like the longest sustained period of time is this video of i guess there was some show like mary kate and ashley Olsen show way back in the day when they were little kids and they're singing this song about pizza that someone slowed it down and which is very very vaporwave and right. it's it's so 
fucking funny. Like even just thinking about it, I'm like, like, I just like want to laugh. So if you look, if you do, if you look up like Gimme Pizza Slowed or something, it's oh, hilarious. a bunch of our viewers or a couple of them are familiar with the video. <laughs> so it's so nice. good. <laughs> I think I've seen it, but I don't remember. Gonna have to find it's it. Just for like sure. these little these little girls that have this super deep voice and they're talking like they're all like I don't know drunk or something. Damn, it's just absurd. I love it. What do you think is the biggest problem with music right now? Um, there's there's a lot of it, and the right, only where do we thing. Start? Where do you start? But also, like, the only thing that seems to matter, but it's not just music, it's any kind of, like, media or, like, art or almost anything that you can, like, consume is it, it, it has less and less to do with, like, what it is and more about just, like, its social media reach. Um, right, yeah. I mean, so I think that's the biggest problem. I, I feel like it's hard to find, like, honest, good music without that influence making it um applicable to or relevant to tiktok yeah no shade on tiktok yeah. tiktok's great but yeah i mean it, it is what it is but i think i don't know I, I that's why that's why i miss the days of like I, I wish i remembered what it was called it's like pitchfork like something or other but they'd always like showcase like are you talking about like accelerator just, like, um, or was it, it Pitchfork? It was Pitchfork. Okay. Called, I don't know what it was called, but yeah, I mean, they like. I know what you're talking about. Random, I don't remember it either. They discontinued person. it. Yeah, and I, I always really liked that, and like, um, I don't know, uh, finding artists who are like just getting their start, and um, you know, you can kind of follow them from the from the very beginning. Like, I even remember when, you know, um, uh, King Cruel, who started off as Zoo Kid, when he I first King like. Cruel. Put one song out, and I was like, "Whoa, this is one to watch." And With that deep-ass voice of his, yeah, it's really hard to find yeah. that. Yeah, that was a thing that you don't see as often anymore. Is like an artist getting spotlighted and then following their career. Usually, I'm just yep. sort of assaulted with them. Like, I don't know, something gets recommended to me on Spotify, and now, like, and then maybe a week later, another person does, and I, I forget all about the one I heard about before. You're not really following their career, reading articles about them. You don't see that as much anymore, do you? No, and I, I'm not really sure why, but. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. that brings I just think me to the way that people consume music nowadays. It's just very quick, you know what I mean? And it's we don't consume music the same way we did, which would, you know, at first you consumed it maybe through magazine articles and uh, information on like TV, and then it was through blogs, and then it was through sort of like YouTube YouTube content creators, and now it's kind of just yeah, through whatever Spotify suggests to you when you open up the uh, screen in the morning. Yeah. Why do you think some artists blow up and some don't? Um, I mean, I think it, I think maybe this is like really pessimistic, but I feel like in 2023, the only thing that matters if you want to like become commercially successful in any way is like you have to have something else behind you, like promoting your music to like a, an extremely unnatural extent. I mean, yeah. And again, like I don't have twenty twenty three payola. You, uh, it's like for sure. I think so too. I think I think like Patchworks or Limbrand said best was like it's got to be money, right? Like that's got to be yeah, the biggest good old fashioned plugola, man. Just in a digital age. 
yeah. yeah like people people i mean there's a lot of like talk online like where the where the fuck did ice spice come from and she came out of nowhere same with like uh, some other artists who are kind of in that thing and, and it's like yeah the music's good she's got like a cool thing going but you know where, where was the like trajectory of all this it was her just parents have blue check marks thousand. after their twitter handles do they probably oh wait anybody can have a blue check mark now that joke doesn't work anymore I mean, I feel like, you know, somebody picks something and says, this is going to be the thing. All right, this is how this we is do it. You know what? Like, the, the way that, like, you can just sort of, like, infiltrate the popular culture now, it's, like, it's oh, it's almost, it's like so easy. You know what I mean? It's just, like, you pick it in advance. You'd be like, all right, the way we're going to hit it is we're going to put her here. She's going to be here, 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 here. Like, you know, with the internet and the way that media is consumed now, you can place something, you can place a chess piece everywhere right away. And just like launch them all at once, and it's like there you go, and that, and then I'll, now that's how it becomes popular. Before it's like you wanted to make someone blow up. Me, you could get them on like the local radio station. You get them on K Rock in New York first, and if K Rock picks it up, then then maybe like another station will be like we'll, we'll catch on to it too. Like you used to have like you could like you know there were like definitely some sort of like not to use influencer, but like influential like media outlets that you would try and get to first. But now it's just like swarm 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 everything all at once like it's so easy to do that with the internet if you're like a company you know what i mean so yeah 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 there's there's very different now like it's crazy you could immediately make something famous to the point where people can't remember that it wasn't famous a week ago you know all of a sudden there's a million articles there's a million tiktok videos that use the song there's a million different spotify playlists that are hosting the this artist you know what i mean it's just it's just like if you get so you know you you initially would think that it was going to be harder for like big companies to take over because the internet was going to make it harder but like everything in life it's actually like it it it, it always loses and now the internet makes it just really easy for like companies to take over the internet's not very cool anymore, basically. <laughs> like, everything is, like, owned by a company. We, we get, I, I remember, like, there was, like, um, I think it was actually SlimeWire that said this, where they were, like, people were going to yell at the baby boomers because they just handed, you know, the real, the physical world over to companies to control, right? You know, you know, the, the you know, like, like the, the, like, the industries for, like, jobs and, like, music, but the baby boomers handed that over to the companies. And then they said that it's, like, well, what people are going to get mad at millennials for is, like, handing the internet over to companies. <laughs> like... And then probably what people will get mad at Gen Z for is handing AI over to companies. Right, right. Oh, no. <laughs> well said. Good point. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's what I'm saying. But anyway, back to the original point was like, yeah, where did Spice come from? I'm like, I don't know. It's probably somebody like really famous like picked her and said, we'll make her famous. And then like a, a week later. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> um, it was like in Mulholland Drive where the mafia got involved. That's what it was. Yeah, I mean, like every awesome. time I look at the... Every time I look at the internet and I even find like a really like popular YouTuber and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. He probably like sits in his room and like just makes all these things. And I, I dig a little deeper and it's like a huge management company behind them. And I'm like, really? I'm like, that's crazy. I can't believe it. The internet's not very cool anymore, is it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I'm like always searching for what like the new underground is. If somebody knows what it is, please. Probably it's going to be back in the real world again because the internet's boring. <laughs> Like, it's probably going to have to go back I mean, to the real world. I mean, I've been following a lot of the yeah. deconstructed club stuff going on, and a lot of it is pretty cool. Um, very, oh, yeah. yeah, very, very dark, very, very cold, very. You've been talking about this for a long time. I got to check yeah. it out more. You, you, man, I mean, I don't know if you like industrial music or just like just very bombastic 
club music. I mean, it's good stuff, man. And it's it's underground for sure. None of it's blowing up at all, unfortunately. Arca would probably be like the biggest. And that's not I even deconstruct. Arca. That's like just, you know, experimental electronic music. I, you know? I love Arca. Arca's great. It, absolutely. Um, our viewers are commenting on how well-groomed you look, and they want to know what your grooming routine is. Oh, yeah. Let's go. For me? Yes. Our viewers find you quite attractive. They want to know what your grooming routine is. I mean, I think that's a, that must be a joke. Um, no, they're, they're actually saying that. Uh, I don't know. I trim my beard. I, I, I do this haircut myself, believe it or not. It's a, it's a two. It's a two, and I just go. Shh, shh, shh. Wow. What do you do for the beard? What 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 trimmer do you use for the beard? Um, I started doing this recently, where I like would just do like the same number for the whole thing. But then I learned you can kind of like shape your face a little bit. So I'll do like a what did I do? Like a two on the sides, and I'll do like a three down here, and then I'll Ooh, like use I'll just, smart. <laughs> take like the, the trimmers to the to the mustache. How do, you grow, yeah. how do you grow a beard asking for... <laughs> oh, everyone in chat is like, how do you grow a beard? Uh, Ognos, you should definitely regrow the beard. I've been saying that. He just tagged I, me. I think it's like genetic, but I also... From what I've seen online, um, I think it's like pretty effective when people use Rogaine on their face. I think it like really? works pretty well to grow a beard, yeah. So anybody out there, try Rogaine on your face. But it might lead to hypertension, so I don't know. Check It'll it out. Be careful. Um, yeah. Great question, I use, courtesy I, of I, Lux. I, I rosemary oil in my uh, facial hair. I try to. Yeah, so oh yeah. I use rosemary oil. That's like really effective. Yeah. Just to keep it like, yeah, clean. And it so smells nice. nice so. Yeah. I wondered so why nice. you smelled so nice when we kissed. <laughs> Lux would like to know what other sources of inspiration you have outside of other music and artists. Oh, just like in in life in general. Um, yeah, sure. I I really love, which I guess kind of fits in the music. I really love architecture and like brutalist architecture. Oh, me too. Damn. Um, yeah, I love I love like concrete and brick, and I think um, those kind of like cold spaces to me feel very like comforting in like a weird way, um, and really inspiring. Um, and I think. I think whenever I'm making music, I'm also like imagining like a visual with it. So I think, I think, um, for me, it's really natural to have, to like be inspired visually when making music. Um, yeah, I, I like architecture a lot. I really, I'm a huge car nerd too. So, Not you know, so the really. whole like driving, driving late at night thing is a huge influence and in like what would fit this scene. It's also like, I was really big into this anime slash manga called initial d oh initial um, d so do you fuck yeah, with funk it, music yeah yeah i think it's fun and in and, and, um and in the initial d anime they always would play this kind of music called Eurobeat, which is like um maybe Eurobeat's like the next the next cool thing because it was like if you think about it it's like kind of annoying and trashy but no one's like rebooted it yet so you heard it here first euro euro Hero Dance is uh, the next one, but yeah. Hell yeah, I could see it. There's a lot of 2000s pop coming back. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. Eurobeat was more of like a 90s or like early 90s thing, no? I think, yeah, I think you're right. Um, 
like really up tempo, maybe like over 150 beats per minute. Oh wow, um, yeah. DDR type beat. Totally, yeah. Very DDR type beats. Your limerence music wants to know if you like UK dance. Um I think so. Um UK dance. What like who's an example? I don't I know. I would like to know as well. I, I guess I'm thinking like like two step or like like disclosure type shit. What do they call it? UK garage? Oh yeah. Maybe I, mean, he I guess meant... I like that. that oh he says Ed Apollo. I don't I don't know what the hell, I don't know who that is. Ed Apollo. But I'll check him out. I'm sure it's good. Yeah, I thought Ed Apollo was like kinda like a glitch hop type. I am out of it. I'm out of it too. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was thinking more of like a shlomo type <laughs> sound. You know what? I'll tell you what. Why don't oh, you describe your absolute favorite music of all time for me right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, what's that? Um my absolute Oh man. Um this is gonna sound real stupid, but I think and still to this day I still I still find that I think there've been like a few just like perfect songs that I've heard where I was like, there's absolutely nothing you could possibly do to make this any better. It's so perfect. And this has nothing to do with like Vaporwave or House or whatever. But this was the song that inspired me to like start that that one band I was in. And I still to this day I'm like, this is a perfect song. Is the song Let's Go Surfing by the drums. I think it's just oh the drums are great it, yeah yeah um they're definitely a favorite of mine and i think that song is is perfect i mean i think it has a lot of really interesting elements super basic minimalist um it has whistles in it and um i really love like repetition in songs i love like when you just have like the same bar repeated the entire time and then you kind of overlay different things above it to change the the like the, it kind of swells or like builds on itself. Yeah, like I've never been very impressed by like big chord changes and like really complicated whatever. Like I like I like some minimalism. So that's that's my ideal song. I think that song's yeah. perfect. It scra- it scratches the brain in, in just the right way. Like start with something, then add another interesting part. Maybe that part harmonizes with another interesting part, and then it swells. Maybe you take it out for a second, bring it back. Fuck it. Predictable, maybe. Yeah. Does it work? Hell yeah, it does. <laughs> Agreed. So I want to get the flip side of that. I want to hear the opposite. Can you describe your absolute least favorite music to me? Oh yeah. What do you like least? <sighs> oh man. There's a lot that I don't like. I think. Really, you're I picky think, like that, huh? You're tough on music. Yeah, actually, um, one of my friends back in Phoenix was like, has the, has the opposite problem. He just thinks. Almost every new song is like, oh, this is so amazing. You send me this music. I'm like, trash, 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 trash. How funny. Um, <laughs> the worst music. There's a lot of bad stuff out there. Um, <laughs> what did he send me recently? He sent me like, oh, one that's really disappointing is like, there's this new, you know how Blink-182 is like back? Yes. Uh, right. And, you know, I, I saw them recently. Actually, it was really cool to see them because I've never seen them before. And I, you know, grew up. That was the reason why I even learned to play guitar. I just wanted to play their covers. But they came out this song maybe a few months ago called Edging. And it's it's the most cringe. I think it's one of the most cringe songs I've ever heard in my life. Um, so to anybody listening, go check it out. Um, and yeah, it's awful. It's really, really bad. Damn. 
It's gonna go diamond thanks to you. Look what you did. <laughs> hey, you know what? They're they deserve all the money in the world, but that song fucking sucks. So. I missed it. Who's it by? Blink One Eighty Two. Oh what? Yeah. Oh, wow, unbelievable. Sorry if anybody likes that song. I think it's terrible. Well, you said Blink One Eighty Two was a big like not influence per se, but like you used to be a pretty big fan, right? So like if their new Still song, am, yeah. like if their new song bombed for you, I imagine that's pretty rough. What's your least like band? Um, yeah. What's one you don't like? Doesn't have to be your least like. One you just don't like. Um. What's one that anytime people mention you're like, oh god, these this band again, really? The what's coming to my head is not necessarily a band, but it's a song. Because it kept okay, going, coming on the radio like a hundred times a day and they would repeat the chorus like and, and if I'm making a song like I'm gonna do the chorus like maximum three times. Anything more than that's just like really annoying and you're playing the song. You too just long. said you liked repetition. <laughs> oh, caught you. Bam. Your own words against you. Damn, that's true. That's true. Um, the song, I don't even... No, no, that, that's like uh, like something I have to think about. I have to, but this, I don't know what it's called. I think it's called Memories by Maroon 5 or Adam Levine or something. I mean... And it's like, I'm not even going to try to sing it, but it is okay. it is the most, like, I just want to, like, claw my eyes out whenever I hear that song. It's so, so awful. It's so annoying. And one of those things where it's like, like oh and then this other song like um how does it go like, i found myself a cheerleader then oh yeah that one. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just it's gotta be the vocals for me just just like the that kind of cringe music is just like oh it just it hurts your ears does it just get played at your work a lot well i work at like this place now where to? they like don't what's that <laughs> i said or like parties no, you I... go to no, but at this last job I worked at where they would play, like, um, just the radio, that song would come on multiple times a day, and, like, I would have to, like, turn off the radio. But the place I work at now, for some reason, doesn't play any music, which is also kind of weird. But, oh, really? What like, happened office? to Smooth Jazz and Dentist Offices? Oh, my God, I get know. some Kenny G back in there. I mean, like, that's why I got into the yeah. field. What's going on? You're playing. <laughs> That's the that's the only kind of music you should you know get your teeth drilled to for sure. Right, like the Rippingtons fucking comes on some sax solo while you're getting like an absolute, I don't know what's whatever the most painful dental procedure is like a root canal. Yeah, yeah dude is just. Well, in my opinion, sax. in my opinion, it should not be painful because we should be getting numb. But it's just because he's so. It's just because okay. He's that well, good. while they're putting, I mean, no shade, you got to get numb. But while they're putting that giant needle in the roof of your mouth. Um, that one sucks. The yeah. guy from the ripping teams, I can't injection. remember his name at the moment, is just literally ripping. Um, they want to know what Creed track you hate the least. Oh. I guess um, Creed is coming back, unironically. Yeah, Creed's sick. It's like, what are they called? Butt rock? Yeah. It's like rock. Genre. yeah. For sure. Um, Great for karaoke. Absolutely. Totally. I mean, what is it? I don't know what it's called. It's called Higher. Can you take oh, yeah. me? That golden yeah. baritone, just let that shit rip on karaoke. Yeah, it kind of slaps. Like, I'm glad they're getting a resurgence. They deserve it. What in, in like, it, an, a serious note, what ruins a song for you? You said that you can decide usually within a few seconds. Um, 
What what makes you? What is the thing that you're just like no? <laughs> Next. Actually, I am very opinionated about this, and it came to my head instantly. One like motif in songs that I just I think is really annoying. I guess it maybe doesn't apply so much to like electronic music, but maybe for pop music, is like if you're gonna start a song, don't just start the verse immediately. Like have like a few seconds of like yeah. guitars or better for DJs for sure. Like, yeah, like I think it's yeah. I, I'm like ease me into it. Like, couldn't you couldn't you have like spent maybe five more minutes on the writing of the song and come up with an mm-hmm. intro? Yeah, right. That's my. That's I my can't. Hot take. Um, I can't stand when a song starts with like an acoustic guitar or piano. And then they bring the like chords and the electronics in for like the verse and chorus, and then it's back to acoustic and piano. Couldn't tell you why. There's no logical reason. I just don't like it. I mean, I think it's just like it's giving it's giving like church worship vibes or something. It is like most like basic like un I don't know like vanilla type music. I don't know. Oh, you know what, man. I, I don't remember who said it. Somebody on Twitter was like, I hate it when you just 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 bring a song, like you fade it out. Why don't you be creative and create an outro instead of just I fading disagree. that shit out? I mean, I, didn't, I don't know if I agree or disagree, but I was like, this is a great take. I think, I think if, you do, if you have an album and you do that for all of your songs, that's really weird. But I think if you have like, like your last the last song in the album that's like the ant like very anthemic i think it's like it adds a particular vibe i'm, I'm down i'm down with like a, a slow fade out i just thought it was funny i don't necessarily agree or disagree i'm getting crucified in chat because i brought it up <laughs> oh no yeah. um so you mentioned earlier that you're not really part of a scene uh you just kind of make music when you want to which i think is great for the record mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of want to see if I can get some hot ones about a source of drama in your circle. Maybe not necessarily like your personal circle, but like if you had to just not no names, but like if you had to describe like dramatic behavior in like the musical circle that you either are or were in, like, how would you describe like, don't do this. This is a thing to not do. Oh, um, is this something you've ever encountered? Hopefully not. Likely, oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the one I was actually kind of thinking about talking about before before this is well, kind of relates back to that guy Jacob who I'd worked with, who's Heathered Pearls, Rider Mechanical, and Bro. formerly Mood Gadget, whatever. Very cool yeah. guy, um, and. When I was in that band initially, and he was and he was very helpful. He like put our band up in you know in a place to stay in New York. We played this little festival thing, and um, was just very helpful through everything. We went on tour and made merch, whatever. And he, at one point, I I didn't know how like the music world worked, and at the same time, I also had this pressure to to I was like, well, I'm supposed to make money from this, so like, how do I how does this work and i think that like we had spent a lot of money on the merch and i was like well is like the music selling and i and i don't really remember exactly what happened but i got like super maybe not paranoid is the word but like really anxious about like i'm like well how is the music doing like is it selling are we making money and 
I think I was ended up being really pushy about it, and I got to the point where I was like, I just sort of like got really mad at him, and I was like, I don't know why you're not telling me this, like blah blah blah. And I just got really upset about like the money aspect. And in reality, it probably didn't make any money. Like, like, <laughs> um, and so you know, we ended up actually like, you know, what's the word? Like, we just like totally like dis like stopped communicating with each other. Ooh. And then, Ooh. yeah, yeah, it's it was just, like you guys cut off. You went no really. contact. Yeah, and I, and I was also just like a little bit turned off from like working with a label. I was like, this just seems shady, and um. And then, you know, I started, and I, but I, you know, I kind of followed what he was doing and I was obsessed with that Heather Pearl's album, the first one. Yeah. And then I was really liking what he was doing with Mechanical. And then I made this, that's kind of the reason why I even made, <laughs> made that Will Lane thing is I was like, Hell let me just yeah. make this music that, that like would kind of fit with Mechanical. Yeah. And then he ended up reaching out and it was like, oh, do you want to like do a thing for Mechanical? And I was like, hell yeah. And then I, when it came time to like sign the documents, I was like, he doesn't really know who I am. I probably need to be like, hey, like, we know each other. And it actually was a really nice opportunity where I, this was like 10 years later, yeah, more than 10 years later. And really? I was like, hey, like, wow. look, yeah. And I was like, hey, this, it's, you know, me. Um, super sorry I was such an asshole like 10 years ago. Like, I have no idea what I was even thinking, but I, you know, really like what you're doing. Super flattered that you're into what I'm doing now. Yeah, I would love to like be a part of this. And it was, and he was like, it was like water under the bridge. And it was something that I'd held on to for so long. I was like, I can't believe I burned that bridge. I can't believe I, I was like so stupid about all this. But I mean, I was 18. Like, I didn't even know what to what, what to do. So I guess the word is so, so we re, re, rekindled that. It was really nice. Um, so I guess my, my bit of advice is be cautious, but don't burn any bridges and be nice. Yes. Don't Talking nice to people really goes bridges. a long way. Be nice. Be considerate. Yeah. You don't know who's going to come up or who's oh, going to be. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You don't know. Yeah. The yeah. world's a lot smaller don't, don't than you think. Don't talk shit. Be nice. Yeah, don't talk shit. Don't be evasive. Don't do all that bullshit. Totally. Uh, is it fair to say that like dance music or, or like retro-influenced or even just electronic music in general is your favorite, or do you have like a different kind of genre of music that you would consider to be your favorite? Um, no, I think that's like that's like my go-to. Um, like for your own sessions. Like, yeah, yeah, I really like house music. I like the four on the floor. Um, I if I'm like you know lifting weights, I like to listen to I don't know more more hardcore stuff. Like um, what's the hardcore stuff you listen to? Like, like Little um, Texas. Oh, I, don't, I don't know who that is, but I'll have to check it out. Just, just like um, 200 beat per minute bullshit. Oh, you? hell yeah. No, that sounds fun. No, I mean, like, like I like this band called Narrowhead. They kind of sound like Deftones. I like Deftones. Okay. Cool. Um, who else? Yeah, I don't know. Just like kind of rock-based music. Um, and then honestly, I've got... Maybe it's because I'm like in my 30s now. If I'm at home or like trying to just like concentrate on something i love ambient music mm. i think i think maybe if i like write another album it's just gonna be no beat well heather pearls is good at that shit too so just saying yeah yeah i'm love I'm, ambient music I'm all about the ambient. i need to do an ambient and music jazz. DJ set yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good stuff there's those people on youtube i don't know what their youtube channel is called but it's like 
they always have D, like vinyl DJs DJing jazz in this in this room with like all these house plants, and I'm like, damn, that looks fucking nice. And they have a little like Roland space echo, so they can like do effects in between the the decks. I'm like, damn, that looks fucking cool. I bet that's a lot of fun. I don't know. Too. I don't know what they're called, but if anybody knows, check them out. I bet Lux finds the link in like a half a minute. <laughs> what is your favorite live show that you've attended? Um. Uh oh, I saw Alex G recently, and that was fantastic. That was so good. Very very good. I made I saw M eighty three too. That was incredible. M eighty three is incredible. Um, when did you see him? This was maybe back in May, May or April or May this oh, year. Very cool. I haven't seen him in like ten years. I think I saw him oh, during the yeah, like. Yeah, like the, the album that Midnight City was on, but before it blew up, so that was a long time ago. Oh, that would have been cool. And then actually, I think I think my most memorable one when I was, this was a very long time ago, I think this was like Coachella 2009. I ended up seeing Crystal Castles, and I was like, oh my god. Whoa. I got to see Crystal Castles. Like the first Crystal Castles album type beat. Or maybe that was... Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I don't even badass. know if the second album had even come out yet. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, they launched the entire witch house genre, at least in my opinion. Um, yeah, or kind of like yeah. paved the way for it, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I think Skelly, didn't you say like they helped kind of usher in like that synthesizers could be like rock, you know? Well, I, I thought that synthesizers. I thought that'd be like Justice that did that, but Crystal Castles. I mean, they just. I mean, there's like everybody they ushered in. Like, yeah. I mean, I would say that they were a big part of like. I mean, all Witch House kind of starts there. I agree. I may be misremembering exactly. I what think Witch House does start there, and all the forms that spring off of it. You don't. You don't have any of that before if you know Crystal Castles first. I love Witch House. Dude, same. I, I wish. I wish it wasn't. Then, so hard then like uh, that and Clam, Clams Casino. Oh, dude. Well, I mean, that's honestly, you could mix that with Witch House easy. Him, Friend Zone, you know, all those other guys, Eric Dingus. What is the worst live show you've been to? Oh, that's interesting. Um, Has to be a legit show. Can't be like just some dude busking or something. Mm. Oh. Damn, this is a hot take. I know, I, I know. I just like, man, I've been like shitting on Blink One Eighty Two today. Um, yeah, damn. I saw, I saw Blink One Eighty Two, but that, you know, it's not even them. That that show was really bad because they're playing in like arenas. I think watching musicians play in arenas is the most overrated thing. The sound is horrible. Those places aren't meant to like have music, like. It just all you could hear was just like kick drum, just booming Tons kick of echoes. Drum. I was yeah. like, damn, yeah. And I'm like, this is cool. I'm seeing Blink 182, but like the sound was horrible. So that was like the most recent one where I was like, it was really cool. I'm glad I went, but it was like disappointing for the sound. Um, uh, yeah, nothing else is like coming inside my head about like worst show. Yeah. What about you, Skelly? For what the worst show? Worst show you've ever been to. Worst show I've ever been to. Um. Hmm. 
I have to think about that for a second. Do you have, what was yours? Honestly, man, I can't think of one as usual. I mean, I remember one time I saw a band storm off stage, like way before their set was supposed to be over, but I don't think it was their fault. Actually, what uh, was the it was, situation? It was of Montreal. Luxury Noise will appreciate this. Uh, at uh, Fun 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 Fest in Austin in like 2008 or some shit, 2009. I guess like somebody cut their sound and like lighting or something. And I guess they thought maybe maybe things weren't going well with the show or maybe they thought they were getting like, I, I don't know what, what, but they just kind of like just were like, fuck this. Uh, that is not that is not the worst show I've been to, but I just remember seeing like that's the only thing that popped in my head. I mean, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I mean I know you said like it's not just like any random person. I've seen my fair share of like experimental noise music sets. Oh yeah, and, like a little overrated and kind of like bring you know bring headphones or bring earplugs or whatever. Dude, you know yeah. what, man. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, you're talking about good sound in venues. I used to be, when I was younger, like, I did it the opposite. I used to stand in the back and be like, yeah, you know, I'm having such a great time. This is badass. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'd sit down, right? Now I'm, okay. like, right the fuck up front, right up front type motherfucker just losing my shit. And I always wondered, like, man, it's not very loud. Why don't you turn these guys up? It's kind of quiet. Am I losing my hearing? What's going on? Then I realized there's something called a sweet spot, and you're not supposed to stand right up front. You're supposed to be out in the cr- yeah, yeah. Oops. Oops. <laughs> yeah. So you know. <laughs> yeah, I learned that recently too. Like, I like bought a subwoofer recently, and I'm like, why does this sound like ass? And mm-hmm. like, I guess with like the studio monitors and the subwoofer, it like has to be like x amount of feet away uh-huh. from the wall and it should be pointed this way otherwise right. you won't hear the bass on the floor uh, yeah. speakers and acoustics i guess it matters yeah damn i bet your downstairs neighbors thought that too luckily i was on the first floor so it was i was like okay, ah, okay. fire <laughs> that, that sucks too if it's like that and you're like mixing something for your own music then you go and like try and like audition it in the car you're like oh no it doesn't sound the like a test I did, it didn't translate. I, I have to rearrange the, you know, the positioning of my monitors. Yeah. And I saw, I saw, I don't know if he's like on this or listening or even cares, but there's this guy who I think, you know, is one to look out for. I don't know how to say his name. I think it's Shamier, Shamier or something. S-H-A-M-Y-E-R. Um, he's making really nice, really nice music. Damn. Um, but he, I saw a video and he was like, doing the car test but like literally doing the mixing on his laptop plugged into his car like while he was okay that's smart that's (laughs) actually genius like i should be doing that yeah that's not a bad idea it's exporting the file and running downstairs yeah and like doing this like back and forth many Uh times until it gets right yeah interesting interesting what is your what what track album or artist is your favorite example of danceable four on the floor music um uh, 
mean, I don't think I don't think the, that kind of music even like lends itself to like full albums. But um, I'm trying to think like who I've put a lot of in my little DJ sets that I've done. Um, mm, oh man, I don't know. Um, I really like this group called Chaos and the CBD. Oh, um, dude, I love Chaos and the CBD. Do you fuck yeah, I with? Think, um, I think every single thing they put out is like great. Um, so I guess if you were to compile that into an album, that'd be really nice. Do you fuck with Cult Member? Uh, no. What is that? Cult Member sounds a lot like Chaos and the CBD. Just, just oh, fucking nasty, okay. like battered house music with a lot of melody. Yeah. If you like strong melodic hooks, you'd like Cult Member. Okay. Yeah, I'll check them out. What do you think? I that as well. What do you guys think about the trend of lo-fi house using Memphis rap samples? Have you heard it? Do you like it? Bomb stuff? Yeah, yeah. But so they're taking like, a lot of it's coming from like this guy called HP Shoddy and this uh, this record label called, I think it's called like Always Proper. But yeah, taking a lot of like Memphis rap samples. Uh, me and Strip Silence were talking about it. Like like 3-6 Mafia, Princess Loco, Gangsta Boo yeah. types. Stuff that I really need to start getting into and just just throwing like a nasty house track over the top of it, you know, with a bunch of like 808 cowbells and shit. I'm I'm interested. That sounds cool. Yeah, I I um I love the like the textures of like you know Memphis rap and the old Three Six Mafia. I think it sounds it's like a really amazing lo-fi sound, super punk and. yeah, I, I love that shit. That's that's some shit I really need to start getting into. Not just like the roots, but like you want to talk about some underground stuff that's going on. It's the funk and it's that like the people that are flipping Memphis rap samples, in my opinion. That's what people need to be watching for. Yeah, I like, like, I like that the kind energy. Of stuff. Yeah, it's just like it's a mashup that I would never expect would work so well, but it does. I mean, I guess if you're into ghetto house, like it makes sense. You know, it's almost like mm. Ghetto House from the 2020s. But yeah, better. yeah. <laughs> Who is the biggest douchebag in music right now? Um, I mean, it's like not interesting, but like Kanye West for sure. Yeah. Um, cold take. But besides Kanye West, yeah, it's a that's a very cold take. That's ice cold. Um. Uh, <laughs> what are you shaking oh. your head for? <laughs> Chris is shaking his head. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know who. Like, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know who's like in. Like, who sucks? Who sucks now? <laughs> like, is, can't, well, I saw something just... recently about. Oh, sorry. What were you saying? No, go ahead. I I don't listen to the 1975, but I've just seen like whatever that lead singer like doing really stupid stuff and like. You can tell it's like you can really tell as an outsider looking in when a, when an artist like starts to become like narcissistic mm-hmm. and and you're just like dude shut up like and he went on some rant where he was like smoking a cigarette on stage which is, I think is like kind of badass but at the same time I'm like <laughs> um and and he's like saying like well these guys like won a Grammy but we have this song that's so great and I'm just thinking like shut up dude like <laughs> like that is just that's like not he like stopped all, like, his set cool. to like rant about how great a song they have 
Sounds... Something, yeah, something like that. If, if you, I'm sure if you look up like the most recent Maddie, I think it's called Maddie Healy rant. You'll watch it. Yeah, very, yeah, very that's cringe. pretty insecure <laughs> and very like unself-aware. And, and every and maybe that's and people will say even about Kanye, like, oh, that's just like part of the act. That's part of the shtick. And I'm like, is it? I don't know. If, if that's part of the act, it's, it still sucks. So yeah, it's kind of a bad act, JS. And on that positive note, we're down to the wire. We got a late start, admittedly, but we're going to wrap up in five minutes. I feel like we just started. But we usually like to give the uh, platform to the guest of honor to let you shout anything out that you want. Self-promote or just, you know, name some people you love or just anything that you want to talk about. Oh, man. Um, Where's my phone? I feel like I was not prepared for this. I'm sorry. I don't know where it is. No, it's okay. Um, um, you need to go get your ID phone. Chief. It's okay. ID Chief. <laughs> check out ID Chief. Who have I been listening to a lot recently? I don't know. Um, check out Chaos in the CBD if you haven't yeah, already. Yeah, do it. Chaos in the CBD. Um, business Casual is fantastic. I'm sure everybody here is already well aware of everything that uh, Chris put out. Um... I don't know. Thanks for having me do I, I I can't even believe you guys wanted me to do this, and I can't even believe that anybody like gives a shit, so this is really cool. <laughs> oh, I told you multiple times that when I mentioned we were getting you for the show, a handful of people were like, what? This is awesome. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So. But yeah, like, it, it's just, it's wild to me, because I don't, I don't feel like I'm, like, a part of any of this. I just am, like, a, I don't know making some music here and there. So this is very cool. Thank you so much for having me. Well, yeah, when, whenever you make more shit, definitely... Let let me know, or or don't, because I will find it. Be on the lookout for the for the Ambient album. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, bring bring a book. It's gonna be it's gonna be sneezy bring a for book. Sure. Gotta lay down on the floor <laughs> and shut out the lights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get ready to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, bud? Uh, no. I about does Damn. It. All right, this has been real. What do you got, Skelly? I don't know. Besides an early morning tomorrow. Uh, yeah, man, I don't really have anything coming up either. Um, you know, Flamingo Fest was phenomenal. Uh, no live shows on the... I mean, you and I are talking about some shit, but that's not till spring. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, we got uh, some live stream events that I might be participating in here coming up in the near future, but no no promo yet, no names, no, no solid plans. Uh, it's a holiday season, you know, so everybody's everybody's touching grass and being with their family, and nobody's driving on icy roads. So, um, well, we want to thank everybody who tuned in tonight. Uh, thank you so much to my regulars, our regulars, uh, and my mods. Thank you so much for your help tonight, guys. Uh, especially uh, Luxury Elite, Luxury Noise, and Strip Silence. Thank you so much, guys, for your assistance. Um, and uh, thanks so much to you, Indie Advent. Uh, I'm sure you'll hear this. Thanks so much for all your help putting the show together. Uh, Vaporwave's busiest man right there. Yeah. Wouldn't be possible without Indy's help. So here's the links. Check them out. And then we'll just do another round of follow, Skelly, me. Did I type that right? I did. Check out our Discord. If you like to talk about dumb bullshit and debate and just make friends, go to Discord. Check out the new Persona La Ave. Uh, what did he call it? 
post-disco or like boogie funk, great playlist. Check it out. Uh, and then, of course, if you feel the uh, the need, if you feel led, donate. Uh, we're going to be commissioning uh, a very special friend of the show. No names yet, but coming up for season four, we're going to be commissioning new artwork. And, of course, paying people for their labor, right? So if you yeah. feel like you want to donate, that goes straight to the show. Um, we are going to... Oh, there's this crazy glitch effect going on your camera right now. This is awesome. Somebody clip this. It goes great with the friend zone song that's playing. Anyways, um, tune in, same time, same place, in two weeks. That's Monday, December 11 at 9 p.m. Eastern for a very special night with Sly Vinyl, the gentleman that brought the artist that's playing in the background right now, Chlorine Mist, half of friend zone to um, Flamingo Fest, plus, of course, Fiber and some other heavyweights. So this is the coolest thing, Chris. I can't wait for you to see how wild this looks. But um, tune in for Sly Vinyl, and we've got some real fan favorites coming down the pipeline after that. We're going to run another ad for the upcoming uh, Catskill Records Showcase. And yeah, and the uh, the new iClick album. And uh, J.D. Sanuti, thank you again for joining us tonight. And thank you, Horde. Have an awesome night, and we'll see you in two weeks.